How you doing, everyone? This is Jason Allen, your agent on the go, and welcome to the Agent on the Go podcast, the podcast for the movers, the shakers, the entrepreneurs, the people I think are interesting and have a great story. And I have a new guest for us this week, um, someone who is a good friend of mine. I use his services, so I highly recommend him. Um, and I want you guys to get to know him in the community in case you want to look him up and use him as well. And I'm going to give him the proper introduction that we do on this podcast. He is originally from Hermantown, Minnesota. He currently lives in Grapevine, Texas. He is engaged to the beautiful Brianna, who also is a chiropractor. Um, and he is the owner, operator, chief bottle washer, cook, all that good stuff for the Halverson Family Chiropractic Clinic. Um, my guest today is Mr. Nolan Halverson. Nolan, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Honored to be on this. Perfect. Well, we've been talking about this for a long time. You were one of the first people I asked. Um, so I wanted to get you on because you have a great story. Um, like I said, I use your services, as you know. Um, I'm all jacked up from various sports industry uh, injuries. You've taken care of me. Um, so I want people to get to know you, help you grow yourself, um, and have people learn from you and your experiences as an entrepreneur. Um, so like I said, you're a chiropractor. So you had a really interesting story on how that came to be. Um, so why don't we tell people, how did you get into this line of work? Yeah, so when I was a senior in high school up in Minnesota, my plan was kind of to go into some sort of finance, insurance, stock, something like that. And I was going to go play college football for five years and then go explore the financial world. And one game my senior year in football, I caught a pass on the one yard line got tied up by the corner and I was trying to reach the ball into the end zone and just got blindsided by a linebacker and head just whips to the side and my head's what broke my fall and instantly everyone knew I had a concussion and did some tests with the trainer she said hey you got to get to a neurologist ASAP I can't remember if I went Saturday Sunday or Monday but it was within those days they sent me to a neurologist and started doing a bunch of testing with them. And over a couple of weeks, it wasn't just like a mild concussion. Where like, hey, go home and sleep. You'll be back in a couple of weeks. I did some tests for a while and they came back and they said, hey, man, like, this is serious. We're done. You're, You're not doing this anymore. Yeah. They're like, get rid. I was going to add some D2 football scholarships, nothing huge or anything, but mm -hmm. I was going to go play D2 college football on scholarship. And they said, hey, get rid of your scholarship. You're never going to play sports again. You're probably going to need extra help in school. So we're going to get that set up for you. And there's a chance you're not going to fit into the workforce and like disabilities might be in your future. I'm a 17, 18 year old kid at that time. And then to help with it, they said, hey, we're going to put you on these two medications. You're going to be on them the rest of your life. And we're also going to give you these tinted glasses that might help with the migraines you're having. So I went from the captain of the football team, friend with all the teachers, loved by everyone in the school, to the kid sitting in the back of the classroom, tinted glasses on, rubbed out of his mind. Mm -hmm. And you take away someone's hope of ever getting better. And then you put them on two medications with 
both side effects being depression and suicidal thoughts. And then you have this nasty head injury, like my brain wasn't working right. And I got into some dark, scary places. And around Christmas time, my family was in the living room watching movies, making memories. And I was in my room with the lights off, laying under the bed, wondering if life was still worth living. Mm -hmm. And then around that time frame, one of our family friends said, hey, you should go check out this chiropractor. And we were like, ah, chiropractors are fake. They're quacks, not real stuff. Like, why would we do that? And they were like, no, really, like, it really helped us check it out. We were still leery. So we asked my neurologist mm -hmm. and the neurologist said, they're fake, they're dangerous quacks do not go see the chiropractor mm -hmm. and I, I was four months with this guy and I was not helping me at all I was getting mad at him so kind of out of spite I was like okay like mom let's try the chiropractor this guy doesn't know what he's talking about mm -hmm. and we went in with really no high hopes at all and did some tests at the chiropractor and the chiropractor told us hey I don't care fix anything back pain neck pain migraines post-concussion problems whatever it is I don't fix anything, but your nervous system controls everything in your body, including healing, takes mm -hmm. the weight of a dime to affect the nerve by 60%. Mm -hmm. So if your bones out of alignment, putting pressure on any part of your nervous system, your body's not going to function at the best. And a lot of times it can't heal that way. So I did some tests and I laid on the table to get my first adjustment. And it's that neck one we do where you're laying on your side in the office and he's setting up right I'm like neurologist was right it felt like he was kind of massaging behind mm -hmm. my ear yep. and then got adjusted and I felt all this pressure flush out of my head I actually felt like life rushed back in me like my body was turned back on mm -hmm. so I say hours on after an adjustment yep. <laughs> and then uh like the room got more vivid in color and I wasn't like instantly back in that one moment but I started healing again and over the next few months, not only did I get back to normal when they told me I was never going to be, but I was healthier, happier, had more energy, more athletic than before the injury. My whole family got under care. They all got awesome results with the quality of life. And I was like, hey, like, I got to do this chiropractic thing. So I set off on my journey on becoming a chiropractor. Awesome. Now, how, now this is why I wanted this story, because it's a great story. You know, it's a, it's a story of triumph. You know, you had some, like you said, some really dark moments. Um, basically, your whole life was taken away from you, and now this has brought you back. Now, you're from Minnesota. How did you end up in in Grapevine? So I was, I was always a traveler. I knew I didn't. I always made fun of my parents for choosing to live in Minnesota, where it's snow on the ground for six of the twelve months. So um, I did my chiropractic schooling in California, thinking that was a good idea to get away from the snow. Mm -hmm. I was super awesome out there, way too much traffic. It was dirty. I was not in a great place at the Bay, but there was just litter everywhere, homelessness ever, where it just wasn't governed super well. And then COVID came along at the tail end of my school mm -hmm. and they had um, some policies that were more extreme than other states like Texas and Florida. I figured, hey, if I'm going to start my life and run a business, I want to do it in a place that respects freedom a little more. Still safe. I always throw that part in. Like, they're not putting anyone at harm, but a little more 
freedom on the priority list. So I said a free state that doesn't have snow and Texas, Texas was it. Gotcha. Now you mentioned so Texas you know, was a big Texas was a big state, and I knew nothing huge. about it. So I I googled I googled best high school hockey in all of Texas because I want my future kids to play hockey. Okay, and it was because the stars are here. It was all in DFW, yep. and South Lake was like number one of at the time. I looked at it, so, <laughs> so I was like, I came and checked out this area: South Lake, Colleyville, Grapevine, and we fell in love with it. Awesome. Now you mentioned, you know, starting your own business. Was your intention always to be a business owner? Were you thinking about working for someone for a little bit and then opening a business? How'd that process start? I've always been an entrepreneur in like elementary school. I had a dog walking business and then high school came around and all the friends are getting like part-time summer jobs and whatnot, but I wanted to be out on the lake fishing as much as possible. So I started a lawn mowing business and I would okay. work nine hours a week and make more money than all my friends working 20 to 20 to 40. Okay. I, I think I had two jobs working for someone else. And I think they both lasted a couple of weeks and both because they wanted me to come in when I wanted to go fishing. So okay. I never, I was never meant to work. You were meant to report to someone. You were always exactly. going to be on your own. Yeah. All right. So now how long has the uh, Halverson Family Chiropractic Center, how long have you guys been open? We're coming up on a year in 10 days, August 1st. Awesome. Congratulations. One year mark. So what were some of the steps you took to start that business one year ago? Long days and sleepless nights. So <laughs> yeah, I moved down here June 22nd, not knowing a soul and uh, would go to as many networking groups as I could and really just gave it a good month and then had kind of a big client base building up that were interested and I was initially going to start September 1st but my first month went so well I was like I might as well open a month early and we had something crazy I think we had like 90 new patients on the like books for the first month which is unheard of mm -hmm. I was blessed and it was fun. <laughs> Awesome. Now, I know that you've recently gained your first staff member. So yes. you are now not just an entrepreneur, but you're now an employer in the area. Um, what are your plans for the next, say, two to three years? How how big do you want this business to get? I think, I mean, we can always help more people. And if I can't do it, we can, can always add on. The managing staff has been my biggest headache out of all this is I'm kind of a doer, lead by example, nose grindstone. Mm -hmm. Um, like works out to get done let's do it and sometimes people need a little more encouraging or direction or stuff so I've I've learned a lot out of everything the hardest thing for me was training a staff keeping a staff motivated okay. and on purpose in everything so got the first one done she's doing she's doing great and right now kind of my limit is space I still have two more years on this mm -hmm. lease okay so I don't want to say we're pushing capacity because we can always help more, but mm -hmm. we can't add another Cairo till two years, but hopefully okay. at some point where, where two, three Cairo serving thousands of people in the DFW area. That's awesome. Now you mentioned, you know, with your staffing, you had to learn a lot. What was the biggest thing you learned about staffing? 
what is the biggest takeaway that you've taken over the past year bringing on your first employee I'm still, um, still learning but <laughs> yeah having the ground rules set before um hiring them I kind of got to a spot where I couldn't handle just by myself what I was doing so I added on a staff member to help and I don't like being told what to do or having rules so I kind of mm -hmm. kept it open to that I was here I was like hey these are the things that needs to be done um do your best and not everyone's wired that way so kind of some issues we ran into was um little too lackadaisical on when they were showing up for work and then phones at work and mm -hmm. stuff and totally my fault because I never said hey should These be are... here at this time we're yeah. not gonna have phones when patients are in here mm -hmm. so if I would have known that and been a little more assertive at the beginning it would have saved some headaches during the first few months on figuring everything out gotcha all right perfect so now if someone were to come to you some new entrepreneur maybe a chiropractor in the area came to you and said, Nolan, I want to open up a practice. What do I do? What would you I recommend got, that person do? I got two favorite pieces of advice and these are both given to me as I started. The, the first one is it's a marathon, not a sprint. Mm -hmm. Work half days. Wait, wait, so work half wait. days. Yeah, and this is the funny part. You can pick the first 12 hours or the second 12 hours. <laughs> and you got to be able to do that at a marathon pace. That's not half days, 12 hour days for the first week, the first month. If you can commit to putting 12 hour days in seven days a week for six to 12 months, mm -hmm. is you won't have much struggle after that. Okay. So it's a marathon that you got to run pretty quick at the beginning. So work, work half days at first 12 or the second 12. <laughs> you got options. You get to pick which 12 you want to work. All right, and perfect. The second one is give, do, love, serve out of your own abundance, not expecting anything in return. And that's kind of a longer saying of give more than you're taking, under promise, over deliver, take care of people, be a be a friend and a person first, business owner second. Mm -hmm. Those are those are the two that have kept me going. Absolutely. That's great advice. Hopefully people take that because a lot of people think that, you know, I'm going to start a business. I'm going to make a bunch of money right away, which is never the case. Um, and they're always looking at it for what's in it for me. How am I going to profit from it? Um, yep. And I kind of was brought up in the same way where if you do for others, you'll get it back 10 times the amount that you put into it. Exactly. Um, and yeah, being an business owner, it's a ton of work at the beginning. You're doing everything from the marketing to the accounting to the actual business practices. Long days, like you said, long days, sleepless nights. You know, there'll be days where you're up till 12, one o'clock in the morning doing work, have to get up at six to go back and do the same thing over and over again. But it's so rewarding um, as you're realizing now with your first year anniversary coming up, um, you know, it's well worth the effort in the first six to 12 months, especially. Absolutely. It's the most rewarding thing ever, but you can't, you can't have a, a Porsche taste in a Toyota Corolla work ethic, right? Yes, absolutely. You got it. Perfect. Now you mentioned, you mentioned when you first started, you know, all these hours are thrown in there. Um, you threw yourself into, into networking. Was that, is that your primary mode of marketing or is there other things that you're doing as well? Yeah. So my first probably 
three months were carried on networking events. And that kind of gave me probably my first push through the first quarter. And I love network. I think they're great. Made a lot of friends in that. But one issue that I ran into was one, it's you're putting a good amount of time into that. So the business grows outside of that, you have less. And then you're also, there's less new people at meetings because people usually stick around. So you're already seeing most of the people there. So I kind of stepped away from networking groups, probably three to six months, just because it wasn't bearing as much fruit. Okay. And um, was pretty fortunate in that time frame. Referrals started picking up, which did me pretty well. And then also screenings. I'll go to gyms, farmer markets, um, expos, anywhere where there's people walking around. And I'll mm-hmm. sit there and I'll take people's posture exams and I will have them come into the office and then do their exam and see if they want to sign up for care and then recently in the last few months I started some Facebook marketing it's kind of been a hit or miss I think I'm probably a loss on hmm. the Facebook marketing money wise but it might kick up so really networking groups referrals screenings and then some Facebook stuff okay fantastic so what is, I, I always ask people, you know, um, you saw the questionnaire, an interesting fact about you. You said you grew up in a small town with no stoplights. Yeah, so I, I grew up, so Hermantown's by Duluth, which is like two hours north of the Twin Cities in Minnesota. And I yeah. moved when I was 12. From zero to 12, I grew up two hours even north of Duluth, which is closer to Canada than it is to the cities. Okay. Uh, in a town of, I think, 2,000 people, under 2,000 people. There's okay. like 20 kids in my whole class. No stop, no stop lights. Okay. Um, and it was, I think that's where I get probably a lot of my work ethic. It was a mining town. And okay. it was just, you work and <laughs> that's life. Not a lot of entertainment or anything. So how was that transition then moving from such a small town and then moving to California to go to school, and then now moving to the Metroplex, which is, I don't know, like the third or fourth fastest growing city in the country. How has yeah. that evolved for you? What did that do for you? Yeah, so I was pretty pretty fortunate that I didn't grow up there my whole life. I think I got a lot of my core like principles there, but then when I was 12, we moved to Duluth, which is a, a suburb of Duluth, 10,000 people, but Duluth is 80,000 people. That's probably where I learned kind of more social skills and a bigger class and everything Mm. and then did pretty well there. And then moving to the Bay Area was like the big jump into the big city. Mm -hmm. And I hated it. Every second of it is it took it took 20 minutes to get anywhere. Again, it was dirty, gross. But then coming to BFW, I think they did such a great job with the infrastructure Mm. is to me, it feels like I'm in Duluth, even though there's 7 million here instead of 80,000. But yeah, I can get pretty much anywhere I need to go in 5, 10 minutes. And um, traffic's not bad here. And Grapevine and Crawleyville Southlake are such small town feels. Mm-hmm. I really can't go anywhere without seeing at least one person I know or a patient or something. So I think that's cool. That's awesome. Now, also, I know that you are big into travel, like you said. 
Um, you've had some really great vacations and travel over the past couple months. What what are your favorite locations to travel to? My favorite place ever is where you're at right now, up in the northeast, a town called Northwest, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Mm-hmm. I actually did a year of undergrad there, and me and okay. my say try to do a couple of vacations there a year. So that's the best place on the planet, mountains, lakes, mm-hmm. uh, wildlife. But I actually was fortunate enough this first year where I took my dad on a vacation to London for a week and we got to see Stonehenge, White Cliffs of Dover. My favorite place over there was Stonehenge obviously but then the city of Bath which is like two hours outside of London is this Mm -hmm. old Roman town where everything's made in the same like honey yellow brick and there's like a cool river going through the town that was probably one of my favorite places i've ever been fantastic awesome all right so now we come to the portion of the podcast this is my favorite portion um we call it the lightning round so i'm just gonna ask you some brief questions you you don't know anything about these i just kind of pick them at random first thing that pops in your head is going to be your answer all right so first question i ask everyone this question is a hot dog a sandwich no Thank God. Oh, my God. No one has gotten it wrong yet. So hopefully that continues. Which always throws me off because the wine burger hot dogs look so good. I but know. I, I can never get one because I want a sandwich there. <laughs> All right. Favorite movie? Uh, I don't watch a ton of movies. Wolf of Wall Street always pops into my head, but it's probably not my favorite. It's just one that thinks. I just watched uh, The Big Short. I really like that movie. Actually... Okay erase everything i just said fight club's probably the best <laughs> okay good choice um if you were stranded on a desert island and could only bring one item what would it be water <laughs> besides water besides something that you need to survive well i mean okay maybe so something to survive, I'm, but not water. I'm surviving yeah I'll, I'll, I'll bring my phone <laughs> okay that's fair you might run out of power eventually but you got a phone for at least a little bit you could throw it at birds i guess to kill it and eat i don't know um all right last question um beside outside of work what was the best piece of advice you've ever been given don't let the highs get too high or the lows get too low well said perfect well no that's the end of our interview um i really want to thank you for doing this um it was a great time really glad we were able to do this like i said we've been talking about this i think for like six months or something like that but finally decided to get this thing going um, so I'm really happy that you were be able on it. I really appreciate you doing this. Where do you release these? Um, we will be on all streaming networks. Um, so they'll be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, um, wherever you find your podcasts. Cool. Are they out yet or when do when do you start? Um, the first one will be launched August 1st. Cool. Um, and then I'll be launching them every week, basically. So, you know, first, eight, 15th, you'll be the, probably the 15th. You'll be the third one I launched. So. Cool. I'm excited. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Of course. Of course. (laughs) I'll see you in the office this week. Yeah. Yes. You will see me this week. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Take care, buddy.